The Employment Hour, right here, the number 1-855-821-5900 is Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. We'll get to some emails later on during the show today. And as always, you want to know what your severance should be, your full, full entitlement, severancepaycalculator.com. That in more depth in a little while as well. But Lior, as always, we start the show and uh, we like to get into this called The Week That Was. How are you, pal? What's going on? Hey, John. Thank you very much. And great back. Great time to be back here and talk about employment law because because, you know, spring is a busy time. A lot of changes in the workplace happen during the spring and, and the very early summer. Things do quiet down uh, over the summer in the sense that employers may not undergo a lot of changes, uh, a lot of interesting developments over the summer. But, but spring is busy, and people need to understand what their workplace rights are in the event that they are somehow affected. And what I mean by effect is that you may find yourself the, the victim, so to speak, of a restructuring. You may lose your job, unfortunately, or you may find yourself in a situation where your employer is realigning positions and all of a sudden the job that you had uh, is not the job you're going to have or your compensation is going to change. All of those are important things you need to know. All of those are things that we always touch on on the employment hour. Any questions, any concerns, you can always call me. You can always email me. Now, to start us off and get us all warmed up and, and revved up for, for the next uh, hour, let me start off uh, by talking about two matters that I uh, dealt with uh, literally in the last uh, few days. First matter uh, involved a, a very nice lady that called me, and uh, she was on a medical leave uh, for about three months uh, as a result of some, some mental health issues unrelated to work. Uh, she had to be off work, and while she was off work, she had uh, some colleagues tell her, well, you know, I think that they're unhappy at work that you're off and they're making some, some sarcastic comments to the effect that you can't really expect to have a job if you're going to be off work so for so long. So she, she had some concerns about what her employment the status is going to be once she's able to return to work. Right. Well, sure enough, when she finally told the employer, I'm ready to come back to work, within 24 hours, she got a letter courier to her home saying, uh, we're going to terminate your employment. And uh, she had been with the company, even though she was a young lady, she had been with the company for 12 years, and they said, here's your eight weeks pay. <laughs> and uh, she was very upset, of course, as, as one would be. She expected some help and support from her employer and some understanding that she was dealing with health issues. Uh, she called me, and I told her, by, by, by now hopefully our listeners know what I told her, and I told her, of course you're out a lot more then eight weeks pay, probably a year's pay is what you're owed, number one. And number two, there's some clear human rights violations here. It does appear that they let you go because of uh, the fact that you took a medical leave. I sent a letter to the company saying, uh, you know, what you guys did is wrong and you have to pay up. Wouldn't you know it, John, within 24 hours of me sending this letter, uh, I get a letter from the company saying, oh, uh, we just landed a nice new uh, client, so we have work for your client, so we'd like for her to come back to work. Big shock. Uh, big, big shock. Of course, what happened here, John, is that the company thought, hey, they could just do this. They only owe her eight weeks' pay. As soon as they realized that they owe her a year's pay and potentially human rights damages as well, they try to backpedal. They try to, to say, oh, well, no, just say hey, this, this so happens. We have work for her now. Nonsense. And, and I spoke to her. She has no interest to come back uh, after the way she was treated. So we're going to pursue the, uh, this matter to get her severance. So I want our listeners to know that your employer can't treat you this way. You, yep. you do have a right to take a medical leave from work. You do have a right to be accommodated. And you have a right to your full severance. And, and your employer should be punished, if, frankly, if they breach those rights. That's what's going to happen here. And them now try to pretend like it never happened. It's just not good enough, John. What else you got going on there? 
Second situation, John, this one really was uh, one that, uh, that took me a bit by surprise. Uh, I, I received a call from uh, someone. She worked uh, for uh, uh, an, well, she worked in, in a daycare. She ran a daycare that was okay. owned by a not-for-profit organization. Gotcha. The not-for-profit organization decided to close down the daycare, and they told her they're going to give her a, a month's pay. She has been, had been with the organization for four years. When I spoke to her, I said to her, well, I think you're probably owed four to five months' pay, so not one month. So my plan was to send them a letter and negotiate that additional payment. Right. She then sent me a copy of her employment agreement. Two months before she was let go, John, she signed an employment agreement because they gave her a pay raise. So they signed her, have her sign an employment agreement. This was in, in March of 2017. When I looked at this employment agreement, John, I found out that it was an agreement for five years. This was a five-year employment agreement. So in March 2017, she signs a five-year employment agreement. In May 2017, she's let go. The company says, here's a month's pay. John, what is she owed? Well, it's, it, does an employment agreement sound the same as an employment contract? Because if that's it, the case, they owe over four years pay, right? Exactly. It's wow. the same thing. Oh, now, oh, they oh. owe her four years and 10 months pay, John. Oh, they owe nice. Her, because they let her go two months into the five years. So she's making $38,000 a year. That's roughly $200,000. <sighs> That's a huge screw-up on the part of the company when they sign, have her sign a five-year agreement and they don't give themselves an exit clause. It's a huge mistake, and now I'm in a situation where I'm going to try to uh, get her two years pay, or sorry, five years pay, uh, and it's a non-for-profit. It's, it's an interesting dynamic, but regardless of this, I want our listeners to remember this. Uh, when you sign a fixed-term agreement, an agreement that guarantees you employment for a certain fixed period of time, if you are let go before the end of that period of time, you're owed the balance of the agreement. In this case, for this lady, it's another five years pay almost. We'll take a short break. Lots more of that coming on. And uh, we'll get to the topic for today, which is you need an employment lawyer when. That's all coming up. The number one 821 5900 is Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And, of course, every time, anytime, go to severancepaycalculator.com as well. It's the Employment Hour Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. 1-855-821-5900 is the number. It's Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. We'll get into the severance pay calculator here. Uh, give me some details on this amazing tool, my friend. Yes, John, and uh, you know I, I'm, I know that every single time we do the show, we have people that have heard us for the first time, and it's really for their benefit. Hopefully our listeners know about the, the severance pay calculator. It's a tool that I created, as the name suggests, to help people find out, understand, and, and calculate what the road if they lost their job. So, very simple. You go to severancepaycalculator.com and you input three pieces of information. Your age, the type of job that you have, and the length of your employment. You pick it from a drop-down menu and you're done. The severance calculator at that point is going to tell you whether you're owed two months pay, uh, 12 months severance, 24 months severance, anything else in between. And at least now you're armed with that information. You have it, you know it, and if you lose your job or, or just are concerned about it, you know now what to look for in that severance letter. You don't have to wonder if your severance letter is good or bad. You would know. SeverancePayCalculator.com, the very first place you go to if you lost your job. We'll get into this. Uh, you need an employment lawyer when? We'll go down the bullet points. You can expand uh, the big one, obviously, when you've been let go from your job. 
That's right. That is the big one, uh, John. And uh, probably 80% of what I do, probably 80% of what most or, or all employment lawyers do is dealing with issues surrounding termination of employment. Uh, and, and that is a huge issue, a huge part of, of what we do. And the reason why it's such a huge part is that invariably, most people, when they lose their job, are only offered or only paid a fraction, a small portion of what they're actually owed. And, and because of that, John, we need to always make sure that the person gets their full entitlements. And the difference is not usually, hey, you're owed another thousand bucks, couple thousand bucks. Usually it's in the tens of thousands, sometimes more, sometimes less, but it's always a significant amount. So uh, oftentimes what we do is, is negotiate on behalf of individuals. So if you lost your job, you can almost count on the fact that your severance offer is inadequate. I can tell you that. That's how smart I am, John. I can say that without <laughs> even reading the severance letter because guess what? I've read thousands of them over the years. So if you lost your job, it's not a question of do you need an employment lawyer? It's, that's not a question. You do need an employment lawyer. You have to have an employment lawyer. And I, I feel so strongly about it that I'll say right now, if you don't want to talk to me, that's okay. Call me anyway. I'll give you a referral to someone else if you don't think I know what I'm talking about. Get advice. You have to speak with an employment lawyer if you lost your job. Should be a knee-jerk reaction as soon as you get that uh, that letter, right? Get to an employment lawyer right away. Don't even wait. No, you can't wait. And how many times, John, have we had uh, calls to this show or emails on this show for people that are they were owed tens and tens of thousands of dollars? Unfortunately, they waited too long and they were out of time. Or they settled without calling a lawyer and they lost, as you say, pennies on the dollar, right? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's heartbreaking sometimes for these individuals. And this money is at a time when you need it the most. You know, you need money because you don't have a job. Your employer owes you this money and you agree to take pennies on the dollar. Bad mistake. You need an employment lawyer when the employer is building up a case against you with bad performance reviews. You know what's coming. Yeah, and, and that, you know, it's tied to what we talked about in the first point. So if, if you haven't lost your job yet, but your employer is working kind of behind the scenes to build the case and build a reason to let you go, well, you need to get some advice because we need to de deal with that. We need to respond to that. The worst thing you could do if your employer is trying to build a case against you to potentially let you go with cause and without severance, the worst thing you could do is just do nothing, is to sit back, wait, and hope for the best and, and keep your fingers crossed. That's just a recipe for disaster. We need to be proactive. We need to respond to the employer. We need to build our own case. We need to establish why the employer does not have cause to let us go, why we didn't do what we were accused of, or why we've tried to improve our conduct. So the, the, we need to put a plan into action right away. Uh, I've seen so many cases where an employee should have called whenever you know there were warning signs and they waited too long and they compromised their entitlements. So if you feel your employer is now trying to push you out, trying to build a case against you, maybe you're getting negative feedback, negative performance reviews, warnings, etc. Guess what? They're probably building up a case against you. You can't just sit back. You have to get some advice. Let's talk about how to put you in the best position to get the full compensation that you're owed. As we roll on here, the number is 1-855-821-5900. We are talking about times when you need an employment lawyer. Uh, the company you work for is being sold. That's always a good time to get one. It, it is. It is. And, and these issues can be very confusing. You know, if a company is sold, what does that mean for the employee? Does it mean that uh, they get severance? Does it mean that they still have a job? What happens to their seniority? What happened to their pay? Uh, you know, what, what happens in this situation can get quite confusing. And there's, there's a number of options and a number of scenarios here. If you accept a job with the buyer, your seniority carries through. 
If there's no offer with the buyer, then you get your full severance. Yep. If there's an offer from the buyer, but you decide not to accept it, you may get full severance. You may get part severance, depending on why you refused to accept the job. So we need to understand all these things, and, and you need to get some advice to understand your rights if the business is sold. Oftentimes, the business is going to be sold, and you're going to get a, a job offer letter, a written agreement from the buyer. Usually, that's a bad thing. There may be terms in that agreement that try to eliminate your previous seniority. That's terrible. So you accept a job with a buyer, sign a document that eliminates your seniority, and then six months later, you lose your job. Guess what? Now you've given up your seniority, and, and potentially now you get a fraction of the severance you would get otherwise. So in all situations, you always want to get some advice if the business is sold to understand what this means for you, what this means to your seniority, to your termination entitlements. You don't want to find out uh, a month later, a year later, years later, that when the business was sold, you compromised your entitlements, and now it's costing you. Always, always make the call, send an email if your business is sold. Lots more of that coming up under the You Need an Employment Lawyer When banner. In the meantime, the number is 1-855-821-5900. It's Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. More of the show coming up. Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. 1-855-821-5900 is the number. Write that down. Have it with you at all times. Uh, severancepaycalculator.com as well. You'll want to know what your severance should be worth. That is a quick calculator. Put you through the numbers. And those numbers, by the way, are extremely accurate. So use it when you got a moment, like when you're listening to us now. We're talking about, uh, Leora, the times you need an employment lawyer. This one is also high on the list. You've been offered a new employment agreement to sign. Watch out. Big red flag there. Big, big red flag. If you're already working, you have a job, and your employer shows up one day and says, I want you to sign a new employment agreement, you have to be concerned. Now, whether that happens out of the blue or whether it's tied to a promotion or a pay raise, if your employer is asking you to sign a new employment agreement, job offer letter, contract of employment, call it what you will, be concerned. Okay, in almost every situation, unless it's a a paragraph long in, in very simple English, if it is that, then don't worry about it. But unless it's a paragraph long in simple English, I can almost assure you that there are terms in that agreement that are going to be unfavorable to you, the individual. Almost always, oftentimes what we'll see in that agreement is something that would reduce your future severance. So you may sign an agreement and find out that in doing so, you've reduced your severance and six months later, a year later, whatever it is, if you lose your job, now you realize, holy cow, Instead of the 12 months pay that I would have gotten otherwise, now I'm going to get eight weeks pay. Terrible idea. There's never a good reason for you or the employee to sign a new employment agreement. You're far better off working without an employment agreement. I would rather you work on a handshake, okay, on a handshake or something jotted on the back of a napkin, frankly, than have a a full-fledged employment agreement. Now, if I'm talking to an employer... I would say to the employer, yeah, of course you want to have uh, an employment agreement with the employee. But if you're an employee and your employer comes to you and says, here's a new agreement for you to sign, regardless of the reason, be concerned. You need to give me a call. Let me read it. Let me tell you what it actually means and what it actually says and tell you whether you should sign it or not. And I can also explain what happens if you don't sign it. You can't be punished for not signing it. So always, always make the call. Let's understand what you're signing. The time to get the advice is before you sign the document, not after. 
Yeah, it's always like, you know, you, you, you talk to people and they come in and they're all nervous because they have this, you know, half page or one page employment document and they're saying, my buddy next door has got one the size of War and Peace. I think he's better covered. <laughs> that is the problem. His is worse, right? You want that little document, right? You, you know you know it, John. It's exactly right. I've had so many times people calling me with the concerns. They just got a job offer. They're, they're happy about the fact that they got a job, but they're concerned. Look at this document. It's, it's so small, so bare bones. I'm concerned about it. I'm not protected. No, 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 no. You got it the wrong way. You got it the opposite way. The fact that it's short and bare bones means you are protected. Mm -hmm. It means that the law imposes protections. What happens with a, a document that's extensive, in, usually in that document, some of the protections that you would have are stripped away. They're eliminated. So the, the war and peace length uh, employment agreement <laughs> is going to have a lot of things, I assure you, that are going to be very unfavorable to the employee. So don't be worried about your short employment agreement. Be worried about a long one with a lot of legalese because that's where the problems are. The number always one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. 821 5900 Lior at employmenthour.com. You want to toss us an email. We're talking about the times you need an employment wire, uh, especially how about this one, similar to what we were talking about, the employer has changed the terms of your employment. Yeah, that's a common common situation. So you, you walk into work and your employer sends you an email or, or asks you to talk to you and tells you that we have to make some changes. We're going to realign the positions. Maybe we're going to uh, put you in a different role, take away some of the responsibilities you have. Or maybe the employer says, we're going to keep your role, but we have to change the compensation. We'll either reduce your pay or maybe we'll uh, put you on commissions or change the commission structure. All of those things are changes and, and significant changes to the terms of employment. And rem remember the rule, John, an employer does not have the right to make unilateral significant changes to the terms of employment. If they do, the employee may have the right to treat that as a constructive dismissal. But the reason I say you have to get that legal advice if that happens is because you only have a very small window to deal with that. You can't uh, say, well, okay, I'll accept the change and realize a year later, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. I'm not very happy. At that point, it's too late. You can't go back. You can't undo what's been done. You have to deal with that at the time the change is imposed. So you want to understand if, if the change that you're looking at is a legal one or an illegal one. Is it a constructive dismissal? If it is a constructive dismissal, how much severance you would be owed? All of those are extremely important questions that you need answered. Uh, and, and that's why you have to get that advice. You need to speak with an employment lawyer. Again, it doesn't have to be me. Fine, don't talk to me, but speak with an employment lawyer. If your employer imposes changes to the terms of employment, be very careful about that. By accepting a change, you could be giving your employer the right to do it again and again in the future. And that's a huge problem, and I would like all our listeners to avoid that if possible. We're talking about the times you need an employment lawyer, and you should make that phone call. Here's the number as we go into a break. We'll get to more of that on the other side. one 821 And it is Lior at employmenthour.com. This is the Employment Hour Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Lior at employmenthour.com. If you've never tried it, the severance pay calculator is a tool that will let you know what your proper severance should be, your full entitlements. You can reach out at severancepaycalculator.com as well. We're talking about the most pertinent times and most necessary times you should be getting in touch with an employment lawyer as we work our way down the list here. Your employer won't let you come back from disability or won't accommodate a medical restriction. You know, if there's a, an area of my practice that, that's significantly increased over the past couple of years, it's that one. It's, situa it's seeing and dealing with situations 
where uh, an employer just won't deal properly with an employee that's on a medical leave. They won't take them back, uh, or if they take them back, they won't accommodate them if they need accommodation. Uh, employers seem to think that hey, just because you're away, that eliminates our obligations. We don't have to deal with you. You're not working for us anymore. Or maybe they can impose obstacles in the way uh, for coming back to work. It doesn't work that way. Uh, the law is very clear. Like it or not, fair or unfair, it is what it is. And that is that if an employee is on a medical leave, they still continue to be an employee. Whether they're off for a day, or a week, a month, a year, or longer, they continue to be an employee, which means as an employee, once they're cleared back to come back to work, the employer has to take them back. And it's not hard to be cleared. All you need is a doctor saying, you can come back to work. The employer doesn't get to decide if you can. The employer doesn't get to say, well, you should see another doctor or we want to get an independent medical exam. It doesn't work that way. Sometimes you can come back to work and, and uh, you're not necessarily ready to do your job the exact, the, sa the exact same way you were doing it before. You may need some accommodation. Maybe you need some modified hours or maybe you're going to return to work gradually or maybe you need some flexibility to work from home more or a bit of a change to your role. All of those are legitimate requests if they're backed up by medical, uh, by medical documentation, and your employer has to accommodate. It's a very strict duty to, to provide that accommodation, and too many times I see employers that they don't really want to. Well, you know, it's kind of a pain in the butt, so we're not going to do it. Or it's, man, that's not the job that we hired you, so too bad for you, we're not going to accommodate you. Wrong. You can't do that. So if you're in that situation and your employer either won't take you back is putting obstacles and taking you back after your medical leave, won't accommodate you, give me a call. Usually we can resolve this very quickly and we can resolve it in one of two ways, depending on, on the person's preference. Either I can give the employer the proverbial kick in the pants, I'll send them a letter and saying, hey, here's your obligations, meet those obligations, or I can treat the, if the employee prefers to treat their employment as being terminated and pursue their entitlements, then we could do that as well. But you have to get that legal advice. Don't be there and trying to play the, the game of convincing your employer to let you come back to work, uh, trying to uh, find out what information they still need. In some cases, I've seen employers want to know what the medical condition was, what the treatment is. They don't have a right for that. Let me help you. Give me, some Give me a call if you're in that situation. It is a very, very common uh, occurrence that I see these days, John. one 821 5900 is that number. We're talking about the occasions, and uh, especially the occasions where you should be getting a hold of an employment lawyer like Lior. This one uh, should be stamped with a big obvious stamp, and that is you are pregnant or have had a baby and your employer has given you a hard time. Yeah, and uh, you know, really, do we, do we even need to talk about this? Is, isn't this obvious? And I, I think that most people that know anything – about uh, you know the, the Canadian workplace, this should be a given to them. The fact that if you're pregnant, then your employer can't penalize you, can't give you a hard time because you're taking a maternity leave. Can't say, well, you know, we need you back in six months. It doesn't work that way. Certainly can't let you go. When you come back to work, they can't put you in a different position. It's really simple. If you're pregnant, if you're taking a pregnancy leave or you're coming back, it's always got to be status quo. That's how simple it is. Status quo, no more, no less. You can't. You don't have to be put in a better position than you were, but you certainly cannot, under any circumstances, be put in a worse position. So you can't be demoted. You can't be given less pay. You can't be transferred to a lesser job. You can't be fired, punished, warned. None of that can happen. 
And and even though this is obvious, and I'm sure most of our listeners are saying, yeah, that that's pretty clear. I mean, that that goes without saying. Well, it doesn't always go without saying. So many times I have uh, people calling me mothers and fathers, by the way, and the employer is just not living up to their to their obligations. They they get punished, they get penalized, they put have pressure put on them. They're not offered the same job. If that happens to you, you absolutely must speak with an employment lawyer, and I wouldn't wait on that at all. It's like the T-shirt, the coffee mug, everything's going to say, don't mess with mama, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, if you want to buy the mug, please go to uh, <laughs> employmenthour.com. Look at you, just trying to sell yeah. stuff hey, on I'm, the I'm, side. I'm trying to make a buck here. No, Come you're on. an entrepreneur. You can't, uh, can't blame you. one 821 5900 is the number of times when you need to get a hold of an employment lawyer. You're not getting paid overtime. Yeah, and uh, you know it, it is a very uh, sometimes surprising thing for people to learn, employers and employee uh, employees, that overtime has to be paid, and and that even if you're on a salary, you get overtime, and even if you're uh, not necessarily uh, getting approval from your employer to do the overtime, but you have to work it to get the job done, you get overtime. The rule we've talked about it, John. Overtime has to get paid if the employee works more than 44 hours in a week. For any hours over 44, you get time and a half. And that's true whether you're on a salary. It's true whether you're an hourly employee. It doesn't matter if you call yourself full-time, part-time. If you work more than 44 hours, you have to get paid time and a half. Of course, uh, what I, I, we always have to remember, there are certain positions that are exempt from overtime. Managers, for example, are exempt. Uh, certain professionals, accountants, doctors, lawyers, exempt from overtime, a few other uh, IT professionals, for example. But most other people get overtime. So if you're in that situation, your employer won't pay you, maybe they don't want to. Maybe they don't know they have to. Maybe they say, well, we didn't ask you to work the overtime, so too bad, so sad. No, you have to get some advice. Uh, and you, out, you are owed the overtime. In many cases, I can either help you or, or direct you to a resource like the Ministry of Labor that can help you. But you have to get to get that advice. You don't want to be sitting on entitlements uh, that can expire eventually if you don't pursue them. We'll take a, a short break. The number to write down and keep one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Leor at employmenthour.com. You want to find out what that severance package should be that's sitting in front of you, or you're just curious that ever comes down the pike. It is severancepaycalculator.com as well. The employment hour rolls on talk radio AM six forty and AM nine hundred CHML. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number. It's Lior at employmenthour.com. You have questions outside the show, you can go to terminationquestions.com and to find out what your severance offer really should be, the full amount, severancepaycalculator.com. Literally hundreds of thousands of folks have used that and had their uh, their eyes opened indeed before they make that uh, call and be better armed. We're talking about times you should uh, contact an employment lawyer. You're being harassed by a boss or a coworker. Yeah, and, and employees should not suffer in peace. Should not just you know accept this as inevitable. They have to suffer, and they have no choice about it. Uh, really, the law has come down hard on employers, and the laws have been changed to recognize that to recognize the fact that employees do suffer workplace harassment, and that it is the employer's obligation to deal with that. So, if you're suffering from workplace harassment, your either your boss or your coworker is mistreating you, you may have several options. Uh, including uh, the option of treating your employment as being terminated and, and remove yourself from that poison situation, get your full compensation, get your severance, or you may have the option uh, of pursuing this as a human rights matter depending on the reason for the harassment. 
Uh, in some situations, you may be able to force your employer to deal with it properly if they've refused. So there's a lot of uh, remedies that are available here, uh, even more than the ones I've, I've just outlined. Uh, but you have to get that advice. You know, what I always say to individuals that are facing workplace harassment, even before you, you get legal advice, see if you can deal with it internally. Yeah. Because that's always going to be the first thing I'm going to tell you to do. How, or I ask you at least, have you dealt with it internally? Have you tried to speak to the HR manager, the, the boss, the owner, uh, and, and alerted them of the situation? If you have, and if they've done nothing, you have to get some advice. Or maybe you, you can't do it because it's, it would be pointless. It's the boss himself that's the, the, the harasser. In that case, there's no one to talk to. Then yes, you have to get some advice we need to figure out a way to either make it stop or if we can't remove you from that workplace with compensation. So many times people suffer, sometimes even for years, John, before they get advice. It's completely unnecessary for you to suffer in this way. Give me a call. We can talk about it and find a solution for the problem, I promise. We get to one more point here before we move on to uh, social media in the workplace as well. This is uh, you need an employment lawyer when you are worried about whether you're allowed to work for a competitor. And you don't want to find that, find out that there's a problem after you get sued by a former right. employer. Uh, oftentimes, people contact me when they work for a competitor and they got sued by the previous company, and then they're saying, Lior, help me. And that's fine. Of course, I'll, I'll help you. But the best thing to do is before you uh, accept a job with a competitor, you want to understand whether or not you're, you're bound by something, whether or not that by doing that, you're potentially doing something illegal. Did you sign a non-competition agreement? Is that non-competition agreement enforceable? Does your company have a history of trying to enforce these types of agreements? Can we negotiate uh, with your company a, a release from this obligation so that they won't hold you to it? All of those are important factors. You can't just ignore a non-competition obligation. You can't say, ah, I know I signed it, but who cares? I'm going to leave and go work across the street. Doing that is an invitation to being, to being sued. It's a very uncomfortable uh, situation. So if you're in a situation now where you don't know if you can work for a competitor, maybe you've been offered a job, maybe you're going to look to work for a competitor and, and look for and apply for a job there. Before you do that, before certainly you accept the job, let's find out if by doing that you're going to put yourself in trouble. And if we find out that you would, let's talk about a solution. Let's talk about how we get you out of that uh, let's try to avoid the fire rather than putting out the fire after it starts. We'll take a, a quick email before we bounce over to social media for the topic. It is Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Dave writes in, says, my boss, who's the owner of the company, keeps sending me and the other male employees pornographic pictures that he finds on the Internet. Nice guy. This uh, this makes me very uncomfortable. What should I do? I, You know, what a what a immature thing to do I mean for, <laughs> certainly for a boss right Big I mean you'd, you'd expect that the boss w would know better uh, you know presumably the boss is not uh, a 15 year old uh, adolescent uh, child so uh, you'd think that they would do differently but here's here's how it is from a legal standpoint uh, by you actually uh, being subject to these images that you find uncomfortable and a lot of people would then that that's a form of workplace harassment it really is and it could even be uh, some form of discrimination under the Human Rights Code. So because of that, you potentially may be able to leave your, your workplace. You can treat that potentially as a constructive dismissal. 
What I would do in most of these situations, and, and I've dealt with this exact situation before a number of times, is I would tell the boss, you know, in, in a gentle and friendly way that, you know what, uh, thanks, but I'd rather not get those pictures. Uh, and, and if that works and that solves the problem, wonderful. If it doesn't, if now the boss thinks uh, that you're uh, not a team player and you get penalized, or if the boss says, well, who cares, I'm going to send it anyway, well, at that point, it becomes a more serious issue. At that point, we may have to do look at treating that as a constructive dismissal. So, again, don't don't just accept it. Do something about it. The problem, by the way, with you do not doing anything about it, and for the last two years, you've been getting these pictures uh, every week, then you're considered to have accepted this situation. Mm-hmm. Once you've accepted this situation, it's hard to do something about it. So you want to act as soon as possible. Give me a call. Let's chat about it. We'll get into our social media topic here after a short break. one 821 5900 and Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com through email. And if you haven't checked it out, uh, severancepaycalculator.com. Find out what your full entitlement should be. It takes about uh, 30 seconds to uh, go through the calculator and get a number right at the end, which is deadly accurate. So check it out when you got a moment. More of the Employment Hour coming right up. Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. 1-855-821-5900 is the number. It's Lior at employmenthour.com through email as well and severancepaycalculator.com to find out what your what we call full entitlement should be under the uh, the common law. Not the, uh, not the well, we're not going to mention them because we don't like those guys, but, you know, the labor board. So we'll get back boo, to, uh, yeah, boo! boo. <laughs> Again, <laughs> employmenthour.com, uh, pardon me, severancepaycalculator.com for that one. Let's talk a little bit about social media because it's, uh, it's probably here to stay at this point, I would imagine. So... Uh, some bullet points for this one. Use of social media. Can an employer or can an employee, pardon me, uh, fire or be fired for using social media during work hours? And I don't know why people would be surprised by that. Uh, generally speaking, if you're at work, right, you're expected to do work. Your employer is paying you for your time. So if you're spending time at work updating your, your Facebook status and posting pictures of your pets, well, that's a form of time theft, right? You're, you're, you're stealing from the employer. You're not providing the employer what they're paying for, which is your time. So it's certainly inappropriate to use excessive time on social media. Now, I'm not suggesting here in any way that if you went and checked your, uh, your Facebook account once or a couple of times during the day that that's a problem. No, it's not a problem. It's a question of is it excessive? Is it now interfering with your work? If you're spending an inordinate amount of time during, on your computer, on Facebook, on, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever it is, then that's a problem. And, and your employer not only can uh, penalize you, in some situations, if it continues and they have penalized you already, this could potentially be grounds for termination for cause. So the, the lesson, of course, John, is you know when you're at work, you are expected to do work uh, and, and not do things that are unrelated to work. Talking about social media in the workplace, so are things you post on social networks during work hours, are they private? Is there such thing as a, a right to privacy in the workplace? Well, there is a thing as a right to privacy, but not when it comes to online communications. If you're at work, you should always, always assume that whatever you're doing on your work computer, whatever you're, you're posting on your social media on your work computer is something your employer can see. Certainly, the technology is easily available to employers to see everything the employee does, some employers use it, some employers don't, but you should never, ever take for granted or assume that you have privacy. And just because you've posted something on Facebook or Instagram during work, no one can see it. 
irrespective of what your settings are. So, uh, you know, if, if you've posted something, don't ever post something during work hours that you expect your employer not to see or that you wouldn't want your employer to see. No. Uh, if, if you wouldn't want the employer to see it, don't post it. Otherwise, that, that could be a, a, a serious potential problem. one 821 5900 the number, Lior at employmenthour.com. We're talking about social media as it applies to the workplace. This one sounds obvious, but uh, should individuals be generally concerned about what they say about their employer on social media? Absolutely. And the fact that you may have certain settings or privacy settings on your social media accounts doesn't mean anything. Number one, those things are not foolproof. Number two, well, someone that saw what you posted may then tell your employer. So if you don't want your employer to see what you're posting, don't post it. It's as simple as that. You know, calling your employer a big uh, jerk or, you know, probably you can use more colorful language, although I won't (laughs) on the radio, uh, is not a good idea for social media. I, I don't understand why people think that there's such a thing as Internet privacy. There really isn't. Now, I'm not suggesting that just because you called your employer a jerk that that means you can be fired for it. No, it would take much more than that. But it would still create a very uncomfortable work environment. It would still create a problem between you and your boss and your employer. So, so no, do not post those things. Do not say bad things about your employer. Do not reveal your employer's dirty laundry on social media, irrespective of your social uh, media settings or privacy settings. Uh, I've seen hundreds of matters over the past 10 years when uh, the, the, the employer still found out about it, and that's just an invitation for problems. From an employer standpoint, uh, what do they do if they see there is excessive use of social media in the workplace by some of their employees? And, and a lot of employers do see that, and oftentimes they don't do anything about it. Well, if you don't do anything about it, you have no one to blame but yourself. An employer should, of course, have a policy in place uh, outlining what the expectations are. Are we allowing social media use at all? Are we com- completely banning it? Are people allowed some reasonable use? How much time can they spend on social media, if any? All of that has to be made clear, and it has to be made clear in a policy that's available to the employees. If you have a policy and no one's seen it, it's no good. So you want to have a policy, you want to communicate that policy to the employee so that they're aware aware of it, and then the most important thing is you want to enforce the policy. Again, a policy is no good if you don't enforce it and then one day you say, well, today I'm going to enforce it. Too late. Okay? You have to be consistent. So if someone breaches the obligations or the expectations as relates to the social media use or whatever the policy is about, do something about it. Take measures. Provide them with a warning. Tell them what the expectations are. Tell them what's going to happen if they continue doing that. So once you've enforced that policy, potentially that also sends a message to the other employees that here's what's expected, that the employer is taking it seriously. If you're not going to take your policy seriously as the employer, the employees are certainly not going to take it seriously. We're talking about social media in the workplace, so we're all familiar with you know face-to-face bullying and harassment. What if it happens uh, you know through social media? What does the employer do? Well, first of all, the employee should understand that if they're being bullied on social media, uh, it, it really is the same as if they're being bullied or, or mistreated uh, face-to-face. If it's related to work, the employee should always tell the employer about it, uh, be honest with them, tell them what's happened, And the employer, once that happens, the employer has to take it seriously and investigate. The employer can't ignore it. The employer can't say, well, that's not my problem. It is your problem because it affects the workplace. The employer has to investigate, potentially take remedial measures, and uh, do everything possible to rectify that. And if the employer won't do that, as we were talking about earlier, 
You could potentially have a constructive dismissal situation, potentially a human rights situation. You'd have to give me a call. Before we wrap up for the uh, the day again, give us a quick run through the uh, severance pay calculator. That's right. Constructive dismissal, regular dismissal, losing your job with cause, without cause. You want to know how much you're owed, severancepaycalculator.com. Find out. It's free, easy to use, anonymous. It's accurate. There's no bug in the system, as, mm-hmm. as you say, John. Uh, it's completely accurate. You need to have that information accessible and tell others about it. If your friend down the hallway just lost their job, as you see them being walked out, just whisper to them, hey, check out severancepaycalculator.com. <laughs> just got to slip it in there, right? Yeah, exactly. Until uh, next time, the number is one 821 5900 to get a hold of Lior. The email is Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. This has been the Employment Hour right here, Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML.